Welcome to Wardrobe Wisdom. My name is Sarah Gale, and I'm the host of this podcast and the founder of Wearing Your Worth. After over three decades in the fashion industry, including judge on Project Runway Australia, coupled with 25 years in the personal development space, I'm so excited to bring to you this podcast where we delve into the psychological relationship we have with our clothes as a way to inform our style and uncover the true power of our wardrobes. My intention for you is that you get to view your wardrobe with a whole new lens. In this series, we'll discover origins of our angst and insecurities in how we dress and how to use our clothes as a transformational embodiment tool to reclaim our authenticity, our true power and beauty from the inside out every single morning when we get dressed. Hey, and welcome to Wardrobe Wisdom. I'm super excited about the episode that we're about to record here. I've got a very beautiful woman that we're going to interview called Amanda Blenna Hassett. Amanda, I always get your surname wrong. Welcome. Did I get it right? <laughs> Almost. Blenna Hassett. But as I said, you can call me Blenna Husenhausen. That's what some people call me. It's just too much. It's too much. I think it's intimidating looking at the length. That's all. Um, for those of you who don't know Amanda, Amanda is the founder of Brand Savvy Consulting and a multinational award-winning brand marketing and business growth strategist. Her passion is helping companies to innovate and disrupt by profitably mobilize their brand purpose into movements that help people to be the change they want to see in the world and lead better, more fulfilling lives. And I can personally... Um, comment on that because Amanda I know we've done some work together a few years ago and your process is just phenomenal like it really is phenomenal it's like how would I describe your work um, it's like you go into the heart and soul of me in my business mm -hmm. and by doing that you go to the heart and soul of my business as well so for something like wearing your worth, I still, four years later, go back to our notes, honestly. <laughs> I have a brand savvy folder and I still go back and go, yes, that's good. Okay, I'll go star with that. Star client, star <laughs> client, yes. Yeah, no, I do, I do, because I really, I really valued that. And there's not a lot of what I really like about the work that you do, and I guess it's similar to the work that I do, is we look at something that's quite mainstream, and we go into the depth of it. We go into the heart and soul of that. It's like what, what I do with the wardrobe. It's, you know, and I think these days it's really necessary that we take a wholehearted approach to everything that we do, mm. be that the wardrobe, be it business, be it relationships, be it mm. parenting, whatever it is. It's mm. like really bringing out and using our expanded awareness to be able to take us on a path that incorporates the fullness of who we are. Mm, mm, yeah, beautiful. It's I I would even um, expand that by saying that uh, working with somebody like yourself, like most of my clients are disruptors and change makers, and like you, they share this common challenge of bringing a new way of approaching things to a well-worn category, and so there's this challenge of them being you know 
several, if not decades ahead of where the mainstream is. And they're trying to bring these new ideas in. They're trying to ground them into words and into models that people can comprehend and um, in the process of comprehending, see the value of what that means for them and how they can um, actually lean into these new things to help themselves. And so um, it's a common challenge of, of trying to find the right words. And I often speak about um, needing to, to define the breadcrumb trail so that you can lead people along this journey of learning that opens them up to these new ideas, new ways of doing things that change their lives, change the world. So I see you very much as a, the change maker in the category of styling like and I know that it's much more than that but it's um what you're doing is fusing sort of coaching and transformation and um and self-development with style with so the matching the inner and the outer and how do we create one cohesive being from that that's that's massive. It's a it's a big transformation from where um, this typically somewhat superficial category has been. So it you know, and it takes um, such dedication as a pioneer in a space to just keep believing in yourself and and growing something, um, allowing time for people to come along the journey with you and for what your thought leading to to actually grow so I um I really commend you with what you're doing with wearing your worth because it's it's so so important for women and um and I and for me you know having experienced it it was very much the right thing at the right time in my life where I was just so confused <laughs> about my identity and how I how I looked oh gosh yeah, well, yeah, first of all, thank you for that. And you put that so succinctly and and I got to feel at home in myself just then in the sense, because when we do pioneer new categories and we take something from, um, I, I was at a, a party the other day, party gathering, um, when, when we weren't in restrictions, because if anyone's listening to this years down the track, there's all the COVID restrictions going on at the moment. And, um, but I was with people and we were talking about to make the greatest change. Often it's people who have been in the system that are then able to change the system rather than coming from outside the system and going in. And, and I'm, uh, you know, I've often questioned because um, I've been in personal development for you know over 25 years and and I've often questioned why the wardrobe like why style could I not just move into straight coaching and this that but it's there is a conditioning around our wardrobes there's a conditioning around what we wear that goes far deeper than the clothes it it's like we entrap ourselves in this conditioning of what we need to look like who we need to be, you know, being approved of, fitting in, belonging. And when we do that in our clothes in the morning, it's, it's, it's reinforcing that same pattern that's happening out in our lives as well. And so, yeah, it's, I, it's a really, I, I was very judgmental myself on my, on, on me in, oh my gosh, Sarah, please, you can't go out with that. People will think you've gone nuts. But I just know the transformation that happens. And as you so beautifully put, it's like from the inside out. 
And when we can take that wholehearted approach, then it not just changes what we do wear on the outside, it changes who we are and it changes how we interact with our world and the identities that we let go of and then the, the true identity that we re-emerge with from the inside as well. So let's talk about, today I really wanted to knuckle down to talk about a few different things that have come up in your session. Now, for the audience, Amanda, your session was four years ago and um, <laughs> your face just then was fabulous. It's like, whoa, four whole years. And a lot I know has taken place for you um, over the last four years. And so I'm going to be really mindful that I'm, I'm really wanting to know where you are now, mm -hmm. right? And the different things that have come up and We'll, we'll have a conversation and, and I'll bring in some of the old stuff, but I'm really welcoming any of the new stuff. And, and maybe, maybe I might ask you some questions you haven't thought about as well of late. Um, but can you just take us back to, say, even four years ago, where, where you were in yourself and how that was mirrored in your wardrobe um, and the changes that you were going through at that point in time? Sure. Four, four years ago, I was um, I was really confused about my identity and how I, and particularly how I dressed myself. Um, my mum was a fashion designer, and so I had grown up with um, always with a sense of style and flair around me, and um, and you know, gone through the whole experimental teenage grunge phase and all the different stuff you do but ultimately um, my style was very eclectic and I had a real hourglass shape uh, and I used to love tailored clothing and I collected I was like a bower bird I collected all these different pieces that I just for whatever reason I loved them and I would put them together in really creative ways um, and growing up in Melbourne you know it's a very stylish place and I'd spent a couple of years in Europe so I'd picked up some really beautiful pieces there too and then I made the um, significant decision to move to Byron Bay. Um, it was it was almost like um, a, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't intentional. Let's just say that I just ended up there, and I was like, "What's a person like me doing here?" I, you know, um, and so anyway, that that was challenging because I went from the corporate world to um, to then having to find this sort of business resort wear thing that goes on in warmer climates and places like Byron. It's probably evolved as it'd be lots of white linen by now, but it was different back then. And uh, anyway, and so I'd sort of managed to get my head around that somewhat. And then I moved again and I'd gone through a lot of change in my life. And I'd gone through a period of really acute stress and something had changed in my hormones. And um, and I started to gain weight and I couldn't lose it. And I'd also done some really big injuries, a double rotator cuff on um, my shoulders. And so I started putting on weight. And for someone who had been pretty pedantic about keeping myself slim my whole life, I was normally a size 10. Um, I just started putting on incremental amounts of weight that I just couldn't lose again. And so by four years ago, I had put on probably at that point about, I'd say 12 to 15 kilos. I've now, it'd be more than 20 by now because the, I haven't been able to resolve this problem despite 
my attempts. Um, so anyway, I was really giving myself a hard time about that. I, um, I've just felt frumpy and awful. And because I was so used to wearing beautiful tailored clothing and there just, there wasn't anything like that available for the, the figure I had at that point. And it, everything just felt awful. And I felt so unattractive and unsexy. And I, I just kind of like, I was so frustrated. I just gave up. I don't even know what I was wearing back then, but it was, it was like what a kind of frumpy teenager would be wearing. I don't know, um, but I know I, I wasn't feeling good and I wasn't clear. I'd sort of gone through this boho phase and and then and I just didn't know. And so that's where I was, just one hot mess, really. Mm, got it. It's so interesting, isn't it, that um, how as women um, and how we take how our body is and it has such an impact on us. And as women, like I often go into, so I have um, clients from like their 20s up into the 70s. Wow. And yeah, it's fabulous. I love it, right? And what happens is when we think about a woman's life, our body is constantly changing, Right. I mean, we we go through so many different phases, whether it be um, bearing children, whether it be perimenopause, po menopause, postmenopause. It's like our we go through different um, in sense of you know how our lifestyle changes and how our bodies change, and and it's like I'm often saying to women, what would it take for us to love our body just as it is? Because I know, like what I see in all my clients, I don't see their body distortions. And I call them distortions because often, and you know, actually, I looked at your questionnaire before we got on online here. <laughs> and what you said was that I used to be able to wear um, these amazing outfits. I had an amazing body and in brackets you put, not that I saw it that way then. And that was in your 20s. Right. And this yeah. is the thing is that we've, we've got this constant part that says my body's not good enough. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of people listening, going, I so relate to that because I hack into wardrobes for a living. I totally know that's what happens. Right. And it's, it's really, I, I see curves. I see the feminine. I see the different expressions of that. And I remember that day when I came to see you and we were in Brisbane um, yeah. back then. And I remember um, coming up and walking in and what I could see was this just this beautiful woman in front of me. And there was a lot that you were giving yourself a really hard time about around your body. Mm -hmm. And I think what we do is we, you know, some of, I often say some of our greatest comparisons is often towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how I used to be. And I should be this way and I should be that way. Because I, I would say, you know, when you said, oh, the I used to wear these tailored clothes and I couldn't find them for my size, they would be there because they're there for all different sizes. It's just we get ourselves conditioned into, I can only wear this if I'm this size. And the most important part is how do we really just become congruent with who we are from that inside out? And we can express it in so many different ways. And that's where I always come down to the style essences, to find yours. And that day, 
was, I still remember your cat that day. Do you remember? What is she doing? Oh, she was just, she was just so enjoying the company and on and off the bed and on and off the bed and, and like <laughs> sprawling out over all the clothes. It was fabulous, right? The dogs and the cats, they love these sessions. They totally love them. I get to meet these beautiful furry felines and, and canines. Um, but I remember that day um, of really you starting, it, it was like, we started to take layers off and we started to find you. And are you happy if we share your essences? Yeah, of course, of course. Beautiful I'm book. <laughs> I beg your, you're an open book? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know what? That's one of the things I love about wearing your worst clients is that they just have this sense of, yeah, like this is, this is me, this is who I am, and I love that. Um, not always to begin with. No, not <laughs> yeah afterwards I know everyone people panic the night before I come right they're just like god I haven't slept much last night or I know with the online course they're like whoa I was really like do I really want to do this why did I sign up and then and then what happens is it's just like that beautiful unfolding and, and a deeper connection um so your essences are sassy unique and integrated I can probably see that your sass just came like that was the first one to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go through the process of how we do that because um, that's too long to go through in this, but sassy came and then unique has always been you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that integrated. Now what we mean by integrated is it's that real um, mix of masculine and feminine. Can we talk a bit about what happened where your feminine was at this stage. And then let's look at now where you're that integrated part for you. Sure. Um, well, I think, I think I, when I looked back on my, I'd been in an advertising career before, when I left Melbourne. And um, when I looked back on that period of my life, I was actually studying the divine feminine. Um, and thank God I did, because I, I looked like a very feminine woman in some ways on the outside, but I was like a military dictator at, at my work because it was, you know, advertising can be a very dysfunctional world. And if you're not in control of everything, the wheels fall off. So, um, so that's, I just really stepped so strongly into my masculine in that world uh, while still trying to look the part as this, you know, female uh, and, and so there was definitely confusion between those aspects of self. Um, and, I, and I think because in some respects, my approach to my femininity was rooted in my physique mm. and my slimness. And that's how I, I, like I, I enjoyed approaching femininity from this place of of sensuality almost and so when I put on weight and then I I just felt icky I didn't feel sensual I didn't feel pretty I felt icky and so it really just it just kind of killed the fun of that side of self and I just I didn't know what to do with it so I I had some feminine pieces in my wardrobe but I it certainly it certainly had dampened down that side of myself. I just, it was like, I almost didn't feel worthy of, of really being that part of myself. I didn't feel attractive. That's probably why. And I was relating the femininity to the attractiveness. Ah, oh, so interesting. Thanks for bringing that up because it's, 
I hear this a lot, actually, and um, and it's like, why? I want to backtrack and then I'll go to that. Why do you think it is that when we go into corporate type jobs that we start to allow the masculine within us to take over? Why do you think that is? Well, for me, when I started in the workplace, um, I, I think because they're a lot of workplaces are not beautiful to look at first of all you've got you know these boring walls and fluoro lights and you know ugly carpets and so on and it's just very linear and very few workplaces unless you unless you happen to work in an industry that that is more aesthetically inclined mm-hmm. certainly in the corporate world it's not and so you're in this very functional space so it's not pretty to begin with um, but then for me personally, I'd gone on to work with a number of companies that were um, quite masculine. And, and so I was surrounded by men, men in suits, uh, and, and the culture that that brings. And I, I think we are all pretty wise to what that looks like these days. Um, there's no, no judgment of it. But when you're, when you're inside more of a boys club, you end up having to be a bit more like the boys, particularly as a, a young, blonde, curvy female um, that wasn't interested in football. Like, how else was I meant to um, fit in? So I found my, it was a real shock to me. Like when I did that work on the Divine Feminine about 10 years ago, um, there was this exercise that I went through one day and I realised that there was a real line in the sand about the age of 20 where up until that point, I was still really in touch with this like wild chaotic feminine within me. And after that point, I just sequentially shut it down because I was criticized so heavily for being that aspect of myself in my career. And I took my career so seriously that I thought, well, for me to be successful, she's got to go because she's just getting me into trouble all the time. And so I did. And, you know, looking back, I that experience helped me to become much more organized. I mean, I'm a strategic planner now by (laughs) trade. Um, That would not have been possible then because I was hopeless with money, hopeless with timelines, all this sort of stuff. And so moving that far into the masculine uh, really helped me to um, bring structure and organization and that kind of thing into my life. But then I would say it went way too far. And, um, and I lost that part of myself. And I think, to be honest, um, I'm more balanced now than I've ever been, but I think I lost a big chunk of that young, wild self mm-hmm. in the process. And in our very orderly, conservative um, society, it's, it's challenging to get that back because it's not the norm. That's that's beautiful. Thank you so much for pulling that out because it's not the norm. And, and the thing is, is I concur with you. And I was just, as you were talking, I was just backtracking in my own um, career as well and can see the same thing did, did happened with me as well. Mm-hmm. And um, what's really uh, damaging, I think, I'll, I'll own that for myself and I'm sure for others, is that the feminine is the seat of our creativity. Like she, the, the, our feminine is the seat of innovation. If we don't allow some of the, um, the 
chaoticness of our feminine and that's not to say our feminine is purely chaotic she's not right she's so many different aspects but part of that chaoticness is all of the creativity that's dropping in and we know when we're doing a creative venture that it comes in lots of different ways and it kind of it, it's disordered and mm. it's meant to be because when you go into too much order you actually kill the creativity so we're meant to have the disordered part and then take that out and you'd think even in the fashion business which I was you know part of for over three decades that I think people just assumed that was a very creative in industry and blah, blah, blah. And we'd have portions of it, but by goodness, by the time I got to, to be buying and, and managing it at some of the really large places, it was so linear mm. and it was so, it had lost creativity. It had lost design. It was, it was just, it, it killed the feminine. Mm. I remember you saying to me, remember, that's such a lie. I've got, I've got your, feedback form in front of me let me just come really clean about that right I have it in front of me so I'm just going to read you something that you wrote okay. <laughs> this is going back into 2017 so we're talking four years ago um I asked you to describe your style at the time and how it made you feel and you said conservative smart casual tasteful safe it felt easy and doable but uninspiring and not particularly true to me. And I thought that was, uh, it was such a beautiful way of um, putting it in such a snapshot because that's definitely, like even if we know how to put an outfit together, because you've got a beautiful sense of creativity. I mean, I can see your house in the background. And I know I've been to your house and you know it runs through your family. You've got a sense of beautiful creativity. Just because we can put an outfit together doesn't mean that we're being true to ourselves. What I found that sometimes the more equipped we are at putting the outfit together, the more we can stray away from our authenticity mm. because we know how to put an outfit together to garner a particular response from other people. Mm. I mean, I was a master of this. It was like, how the hell do I feel anxious about what to wear when I mean, putting an outfit together for me is just like, that's fun, right? If you can't do it, how are any of the rest of us going to get Exactly. Like, seriously, yeah. that is not hard. But it was more for me, which it is mm. for the majority of people, it's, it's more about how will I be received in this? Mm. And, you know, what do I need to be? And what I'm hearing is you kind of tailored your outfits to the workplace which then allowed your energy. Now you kept some femininity, but they were still very structured. So there was still a lot of masculinity within those suits and you, you know, where you came and then said um, that you wanted to, you could feel this sense of flow that was wanting more expression in that. And I'm really hoping um, I'll be doing some masterclasses and things on workwear because we need to make sure that we bring the feminine into the workplace. Mm, and mm. she gets left out. I, I, I would say probably 70 to 80% of clients, this is one of the things that comes up in that, is that where they, it's almost like they segment their lives and when they go to work, I had one a few weeks ago and she was just like, oh, by the end of the session, it was like, oh, my God, like how did that happen? Because she realised and even her manager would actually say to her when she went in, in her true essence, congruent, her manager said to her, oh, 
you know, it was, it was like, wow, you're switched on today. And when she'd go in very structured, just in all the masculine, her manager would say, what's up today? And she, she said to me, I never knew what she meant. And I'd go and she'd say to her, nothing. Why? She said, nah, something's off. Where, where are you? And so, you know, it's where people who are highly attuned can tell there's something that it's not there. So I think it's something that as women, we can take responsibility for in a sense of, and sometimes Amanda, you know, if you've got really strict um, work, um, I won't call them uniform, but like codes in, in the dress, it might even be in beautiful feminine underwear. It might be in nail polish. It could be in lipstick. I know after your session, you know, part of it was you said, I've put lipstick on every day. It actually feels really good, you know, <laughs> and it's just a difference. So thank you. That work piece is a really, really mm -hmm. important piece as well. Do you know there's, there was one piece that it's not in your feedback form. So this actually is by memory. Um, I remember your fur coat. You'd bought in London and you'd bought at, the markets, I can't remember which markets it was. Mm, I can't remember. But um, you'd bought over at um, in London and it was an amazing fur coat that you'd stopped wearing. Do you remember that? It was, I think this one, it wasn't fur, but it no. was the Indian embroidered one that I've still got this coat. It's, um, yeah, I bought it in Camden. And in Camden Markets, that's yeah. right. I can pick it. No, it wasn't fur. I thought it was a fake fur. Didn't it have a texture to it? It does have texture, yeah. Oh, so that's what I'm thinking. I've actually got it in another room. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, so this this coat, it was, yeah, I mean, this is one of my favourite pieces. And even though I don't fit into it, I've kept it because, you know, you live right. at home, right? And um, and it's, I called it my um my ABBA jacket because it looks like something that they would have worn and it was this dark you know because back in the day chocolate brown was in um, so it's like a chocolate brown wool and it was a beautifully cut coat um, it came from Kashmir in India and it had this beautiful pattern that was embroidered all over it um, sort of a like floral paisley pattern but it was just gorgeous and I absolutely loved it and I bought it when I first moved to London so um, yeah, that that was the coach, and I've yeah, I've still got it. I remember that, and and just for the listeners, for yes, no, it definitely wasn't fur, and I thought it was a fake fur. You know the um, the the beautiful, just a soft. Did you have a navy blue? No, fake. but I, I did have another. I did have another. Um, I had another chocolate brown leather, like um, kind ah. of like a biker jacket that had, had a a fur collar that's the one you're thinking that's of. that's what and I remember the tapestry and I think what we found through those pieces as well was it was just like like that tapestry one was so unique mm. and it was really it like do you remember lighting up when you put it on it was that was when it was all of a sudden your eyes just they're doing it now came into <laughs> a different sense of themselves and it's really um amazing to watch that just to have gone from there was a lot of very conservative things in your wardrobe that you you looked great in, right? Like as far as, and I remember you standing there and going, well, yeah, I could wear this, but there was no life to it. And it's, it's finding those different, um, that's where unique was really obvious as mm -hmm. one of your essences as well, to be able to bring you into that space. I'm, I'm interested to understand where you're at now with, your wardrobe and and like 
how's that reflecting out in your life? And yeah, I, I want to hear about that. Well, it's, uh, I'd say it's still a work in progress. Right, of course. What we, you know, what we uncovered in the session was really valuable because it gave me, it gave me a framework and I'm a person who, who works well with frameworks and, um, and it was so helpful um, that time we spent together trying on different outfits and just mixing things in new ways. Because I find dressing can be a bit like cooking where you just get into the rut of doing the same old thing the same old way. And if somebody doesn't come along and go, hey, have you thought of this? Um, you know, I, I personally sometimes just don't well particularly now seem to have less inspiration to mix things up I've definitely fallen into more habits of of um the tried and true kind of mm. style but I think honestly partly um that's because I really struggle to find clothes that I like so I go out and look around the shops and I just either like one of the things that's changed in me in the last few years is that I much prefer to buy natural fibers and I find it challenging to find clothing in natural fibers that I like um, because I'm trying to tick so many boxes it's got to suit my physique that's the the hardest part um, I want to be able to try it on in real life I don't really love buying things online just because my figure is more challenging to fit because um, like I'm a what am I like a 14f cup now I used to be like a 14D and that's, it's just to find, to find tops and dresses that actually suit a really big bust is difficult, especially that's not made out of synthetic fabric, which can kind of end up looking quite cheap or it just doesn't feel nice on the skin. That's it. I am wearing a synthetic top today, but, um, <laughs> but honestly, like if I had alternatives, I would be choosing them. So yeah, finding things in, in colour schemes I like, in patterns that I like, I just find I've got to, I know what I like, but I find it hard to find what I like in stores. So I've got a sort of different pieces. I love colour, like you said, but I find it challenging to find the colours that I like in my size, in a fabric that's like at a price point that I'm happy to pay. It's just all, there's so many variables now that I have to try and tick off. And also I think um, where, when I was younger, you know, young girls go out and hang out together and they go shopping and wander around all day. And, and I used to put a lot of time into shopping. I actually, I enjoyed it. And I'd go around and look at lots of things and find really interesting pieces. Whereas now, you know, getting into my thirties and forties, or my 30s, let's say, I was working so hard. I didn't have time to do that like I once did. And then coming into my 40s, now it's just, it's also not an area where I prioritise my time in shopping centres. So um, so that's been, it's like almost a logistical challenge now more than anything. Uh, so I think in terms of the essences, I, um, I think they are all still relevant. I probably am more in the zone of sassy and integrated than unique at this point but that's more because I find it hard to find the things I like than because I'm not interested in that essence okay so can I give you some some tips on that because mm, one it. of the things yeah one of the things <laughs> that I find a lot with the unique essence and I'm kind of glad that you haven't found unique 
pieces. I'll tell you why. Sometimes when we have an essence, which is like a unique or a, um, uh, what, what else would I call it? It might be a quirky or something like that, is that people go for these pieces, which are, are like real standout unique, and then the rest of their essences don't get a look in right? So sassy is hard to have if you've got something that is really out there and it's taking over from the other essences. So the way that a lot of my clients incorporate an essence like unique is through the way that they've put the outfit together. Mm -hmm. So you've got sassy, which is so you, right? You're a sass. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a fabulous essence and I totally get, and our essences and I've gone through with other women, they actually don't change, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas we've got, they're in there. So if you think about sassy and then integrated, which means this mix of masculine and feminine, mm -hmm. and it means that the masculine is there to hold a container for your feminine, but not to contain your feminine. Mm -hmm. right? And so, but we need that mixture of both or the feminine can feel very mm, like just not grounded. And then the way that unique comes in now that might be through, it could be through some jewelry. It could be through some glasses. It could be through a scarf, or it could be through the clash of sass and that integrated. So there might be a, a like a floatiness with something that then becomes quite um, structured mm. in a sense that makes the whole outfit, well, that's unique. I wouldn't have thought of putting that together. Mm. So that's a way that unique definitely with, with quite a few of my clients plays out. And I'm thinking of one from um, a couple of months ago who actually had similar, not the same essences, but similar to you. And the unique was showing up in detail on things. So it might've been a piece of knitwear that then had some, like some detail, either pleats or had some different buttons or accessories on it. It was showing up in some of the scarves and some unique patterns as well, or it was showing up actually in her jeans. There was detail on the back of her pockets that had her feel unique. So I think to remember, um, you know, but he had, when we're adding something like unique into our outfits, it's not necessarily, we want to take unique as what it feels uniquely us, not how it looks unique to others. Mm -hmm. And I'm not suggesting you're saying that, but I'm just going to clarify it for, for listeners because it's definitely one that often what we have is if we're thinking about unique being different to others, we've gone externally focused. Mm -hmm. When we're thinking about how do I feel unique in this, then that's easily done from a sense of putting something together in your own way, taking mm -hmm. off the conditionings of if I wear, you know, a floaty top on the a top, then I need a, a tighter pair of pants or, you know, it's, it's finding those ways. And we still come into, we naturally, when we go into our essences, we connect in with our soul, right? We connect into with that truth because our truth embodies those essences. That's how we embody that expression out in the world. And so when we do that, what happens is the proportions of our body, if we hand over to that, the proportions of our body and how we put things together comes into a natural order. Like mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. knows. It's about letting go. 
So in that, in that um, shopping piece, it's, it's really allowing, I often say to people, people so often take their masculine in charge control out shopping for clothes. <laughs> Amanda's laughing right now. And when we do that, we have got Buckley's of connecting with our essences and, and really finding, allowing that radar to be out there to pinpoint them. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to go out in allowing our feminine, our creativity, the chaoticness of that creativity might be calm because she's also in this very assured calm, but we allow our feminine to go out shopping and we leave the list behind. And when we do, and we leave the preconceived ideas of what this would look like, or I, I took a, shop, a client shopping uh, <laughs> a few months ago. Oh my gosh, her masculine was just out in charge, right? It was just like, bang. And I was like, whoa. And I would say, hey, what about this? Let's give this a shot. And she's like, oh no, I know that doesn't work. Now, as soon as you've gone into, I know that doesn't work, you're in your egoic space of the past. So you're not moving into that curiosity. I wonder, let's Mm -hmm. put that on and let's feel what this feels like rather than, because it can feel intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. And especially when our body has changed size, it triggers at times. I think that's yeah, yeah, we do. We get triggered. So we start to yeah. guard up about that when we get dressed. And we, so we default to the same things so that we don't have to go into feeling that trigger. Yet at the, at the basis of that trigger is that sense of it's just feedback. It's feedback for us to say, hey, you're out of alignment with me because you're not loving me wholly as I am. And let's not make this right or wrong, good or bad. God's sake, I know triggers like (laughs) big time, right? And there's nothing wrong. We live in the human world. We are going to be triggered when, when our uniqueness, who we really are, is coming up against the boundaries of conditioning. And that's when we get super triggered because we've kept ourselves safe in if I'm this, I'll be loved. If I'm that, then I'll be accepted. And, you know, we think it's all about the external, but actually it's always about ourselves. I'll love myself when I'm this size, or I'll, I'll accept myself when, when I'm this shape or when I look like this. And it's like, really, it's feedback for how do I just, how do I allow my essences to come in and express themselves? Because you know, and I know when we get those essences on, it's like, boom, it's boom. Good, definitely. Yeah, so true, so true. And I really like what you you said about the unique way of putting things together. I think that's that's really fair because, in some ways, it's it seems like fashion compared to where it was twenty years ago. It's becoming a lot more, you know, um, chain store driven, and there's not the same level of diversity as there was. so in sort of fast fashion is, has really evolved since then. Um, but yeah, that's food for thought for me. Yeah, play with it. And it might be also something like, how do you take a piece and wear it in a different way? Mm. So it might even be um, taking a sense, it might be, you know, as, as simple as knotting a shirt 
Or knotting a piece of knitwear. I literally knotted my shirt today for the first time. <laughs> I've never worn this. So I've got this like um, this it's quite flowy top on. And um, and I want to show you the boots I'm wearing because these are like my favourite boots because uh, I've got like tight black pants, this flowy shirt, and then these boots that I absolutely love from uh, to Cuba. Yeah. Um, which like they're a few seasons old, but I love them because they've got this, like they're definitely my sassy kind of um, military boots. But I love that they're kind of blingy without being over blingy. And yes, uh, yeah, that's my that's my kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, and I was I was trying this on today, and I was like, I think I need to knot this shirt. I'm sorry, I must have been channeling channeling you. You must have been. And look at you, you've got your essences on, right? Hmm. So you've got sass, and you've got the uniqueness in your boots. You've got the integration because your top is is flowy right so it's holding a lot of that feminine your boots and then a tight pant is going to hold the masculine your tight pants will also hold a sass right because they're they're tight and they're they're um they're bringing through from so with pants what's super interesting is when we um our pants will often hold the essence especially the masculine or feminine Mm -hmm. will hold whatever else we've got in our outfit so you've got a very feminine top on and you've got um a sassy masculine but also feminine because it's got some bling on the boots as well so you're fully in your essence today amanda good job and then you've got some uniqueness in your earrings as well today yes they're they're like long tassels with a little bit of a little bit of bling but they're not too yeah i don't know i like these um and i want i actually want to give a shout out to these jeans for anyone who might um, be experiencing what I've been experiencing where I've put on I've always had a slim waist but I've put on weight around my middle and I've got that like whole muffin top thing going on nowadays and um, De Cuba is De Cuba is one of my favorite labels because it does integrated really really well um, and so they have got something called the Riley Wonder Jean and I'd have you come across these there they're like they're a high-waisted jean and they've got um They've got a really strong elastic panel around the top of the waist that holds you into shape. So they're like shape jeans. Um, and, oh, my God, they are my favourite thing. I bought them Amazing. So just a shout out for anyone who's struggling with jeans and muffin top and just hating it, I swear to God, Riley Wonder Jean, go get them. God, fantastic. Thanks for that. What's really amazing is as women, you know, it's, the conversations that we're having right now, so many people actually don't have these conversations, right? And it, it's like we just we just don't talk about the wardrobe unless it's in magazines which make it out to be either really easy or they, you know, do give tips. There are some great articles out there, but not really coming home to you. Mm. Like we want to reclaim who we are. Mm. We want to reclaim so that the stores have to think about what we want stocked rather than going in and having to siphon through the ideas that have filtered down from the runway and then everyone's gone into imitation mode within the retailers mm-hmm. and then everyone's stuck with, with shopping through what everyone else thinks we should be wearing. That's yeah. why when we know our essences, we can buy things from year to year. They stay in our wardrobes. Mm-hmm. I have things from the 80s in my wardrobe. I know, right? Just because I've... I naturally bought my essences really early on. Mm. 
And I have 80s, I have 90s, I have noughties, I have them the whole way through and I still wear them because, and and they're still in great nick because when we really, when we, um, when something's true to our heart and soul, have you ever noticed that we take care of it? It's true. It is, right? So when we go out shopping and we go on a scattergun approach and we just, we scattergun and scattergun, I mean, we just buy, you know, lots of different things and bring them home. And then we might have them, we might wear them for a couple of, you know, weeks and then, and not anymore. I find that a lot with people. It's only because we don't know our own essence and who we really are. And we're searching for ourselves in the clothes rather than embodying ourselves in the clothes. And when we do that, that's what we then take out in life. So if we're searching for ourselves in our clothes, we'll be searching for ourselves in our identity out in the world as well. If we embody ourselves in our clothes, we will embody ourselves out in the rest of the world as well, because we we come into a congruency inside and out. So, yeah, wow. That's exactly it. So it's a really amazing practice, ritual in the morning to just bring ourselves back home. And I'd love to hear how you go with that unique piece because I can feel there's a sense of, um, yeah, because you've got a creative spirit Mm -hmm. that is really attuned. I will love to hear how you bring that in even more. Kind mm, of more fun, and to just I think you know I think what this is um, prompting for me today is like I think I'm really comfortable in the integrated and SAS space now. Like that's what a lot of my wardrobe is, um, and and living up here and like I'm in the Gold Coast now. It's it's warmer, and I find it more like it's I find it easier to to do that style in a colder place because you think you can wear more layers there's just more you can do with it and um and so yeah I feel like this is challenging me to have a little play with the things I've already got and and to see what new ideas I can bring to the table I like it yeah that's beautiful Mm -hmm. and you know it's so interesting because most of the time I would say 95 percent of the time I get people saying oh I can I can do those with summer it's just winter's really hard. So it's so interesting. I love, I'm hearing the opposite. Yeah, I'm hearing the opposite from you. So I absolutely love that, right? Because there's always an equal and opposite to everything. But um, most of the time I hear completely the opposite. Um, the other thing, like even just think about some of the dresses, think about where you can knot those. Think about tying things around, like instead of around your neck from shoulder down to under your arm, like something. Remember, this is about how you feel unique mm, mm. because what you're doing is you're connecting on the inside with that, that essence of you that is unique. So it's not necessarily, it doesn't matter whether it looks unique to others. It's how it feels for you. And that's often, I mean, you own SAS, which a lot of people have a problem with, sassy, sexy, and I've talked about that in, in other episodes. So mm. I really like that we've um, looked at unique this time because it's, and, and just remembering that it's not about being different. It's about, there's a difference between being different to someone else and being uniquely me. Mm. And it's, mm. it's a really powerful, one actually is disempowering because it's an external reference. The other one is really empowering because it's an internal reference. It's uniquely you. 
Mm. And so, yeah, just remembering on how that feels. I'm looking forward to this. All right, yeah. I'll let you know how I go. <laughs> Beautiful, excellent. Um, so one one last thing before we we close, um, and it really comes down to one of the things that you talked about. Um, and before we came um, to this interview, we, we kind of had a brief chat. And what was most important to you now? And um, that you said to me, it was really about being you, which so I can really understand that uniqueness. I can understand how that ties in and how that's probably asking potentially, I don't know, but potentially asking for more expression as well of just you and how that feels or I I don't know, I'd be super interested. But something that you said to me um, after our session was that prior to the session is you were a unicorn pretending to be a horse because she's afraid of being recognized as a unicorn. It was one of my favorite quotes of all time, right? Because you said you weren't expressing your flair and you felt that it attracted too much criticism or expectation that you had to live up to. I just wondered, where are you now with that part? Wow, that's so interesting. Like, I I can't believe I said that. Um, I... I think I'm, it's like I'm evolving beyond it. And I think what's really interesting, Sarah, is that I I was thinking, because I've just moved house and most of my possessions and clothes have been in storage for the better part of 10 years. So a lot of those beautiful pieces from my 20s were in storage nearly the whole time. So when I moved here and I pulled them all out and they're two sizes too small, but they're so beautiful. And I just, I was so lovely to go through them because I love them like friends, you know, um, and I've had to give a lot of them away. But I, um, I realized that when I bought a lot of those pieces, it was 15 years ago. Like it's a long time ago. And I have, you know, my body's changed. I've been through a lot of different things in my life. And I'm, I've evolved as a person. I'm, you know, that was kind of like my maiden years. And I'm now in a different stage of my life. And it's like I need to allow myself to change mm. and not hang on to that young self and to look back with, you know, with a sadness or a shame that, that I'm not that person anymore. Um, like, I, I mean, she's still within me, but I'm, I've evolved since then. And in some ways, I'm, you know, a little, I've been knocked around by life a little bit, and that's changed me in some ways, but not to see that as a, not to judge it, I guess, and to just accept that I am where I'm at. And so I think one of the things, I had a bit of a light bulb moment in the last few days, um, I went through the exercise about 18 months ago of defining my values, my core values for myself. And my highest value was expansion. I really, you know, I'm a person, I'm, you know, I work with innovators. I just love to be on the edge of what's possible. And, um, and I live my life that way, but I realized that I actually have a higher value than that now. And that's peace. And, and it's so, it's peaceful to have the highest value as peace. (laughs) And I, I make, I live my life quite differently now as a result of that. Um, I don't, my expectations have changed and including of myself and I 
I think now that that's a, that touches on everything, including how I dress. So in terms of being a um, a unicorn that was dressing like a horse, it's I feel like I um, even even with that, I don't need to prove myself to myself and make it make it a thing. But I. I hope that I can, particularly now that I'm bringing into my awareness this unique aspect, like bring in some new inspiration around that to be that unicorn self a little more. And it's funny because I do dance in this in this world career-wise. That is, um, it's a you know I'm a, a business strategist, and so I work with some companies that are on the conservative, like they're not they're not conservative by nature, but conservative looks wise um and then my work is also creative and then I also really love to feel comfortable so it's sort of it's not that I have to dress for that but there is a level of appropriateness in how one presents for for business and so um yeah I think I'm still defining what this new me looks like but I realize after our talk today I think I think I'm still not really giving myself the full permission to be that mm. I think that after four years I think I'm still not doing it yeah I can hear that I can hear that and I think um it's interesting because when I read that quote earlier today about the unicorn what I loved about it was to me the unicorn was your uniqueness mm. and so what's really interesting is that that's probably the part that may not be getting as much expression. As we said, your sass is definitely there and your um, integrated, you know, your, your balance of masculine and feminine is there. And that unique, and um, I think about that coat, right? And the love for that coat, because it was so unique. Now that, as I said, that our essences don't seem to change, right? I've been doing this work over the last decade and I have not found anyone yet that the essences have changed and interesting I was with a client um, not too long ago and, and she said to me I think one of them's changed and I said hey I'm really up for it she wanted to do another session I said yeah okay cool let's do it and um, what we found was no one had just grown up right in the sense that it was playful and it had grown up in the expression it wasn't playing in child but she found while we were there a photo of her at nine years old she had her essences on wow right? and she said this was one of my favorite I remember always loving this outfit and I said what do you see and she goes oh my god this 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 we gravitate to who we truly are and we know those pieces so with the unicorn what I was hearing was because at the, the end of that sentence, which I didn't read before, it says, now I'm seeing I can dress for me and stop worrying about what others think. And that was that real sense of, hey, I'm allowed to be sometimes that like bold. I have bold as an essence, right? And that mm -hmm. so whether it's bold, whether it's unique, now it may not be bold to other people, but to me it is. It might be a bright red lip or it could be like, I don't know whether you can see them, but they're, you know, glittery high tops that I've got on today. <laughs> now, um, and that really, like, that's an external bold, right? But for, for me, it might just be a bold in the sense of, ah, it could be that I've got um, more of my cleavage than I normally would. You know, that, but 
and it wouldn't be to others, but maybe it's to me. Maybe it's like, yeah, I feel that, that courageous and that boldness. I'll always have whatever it is. When I'm missing that, I notice that I don't, I'm not out actioning. It's so interesting, right? I'll, I'll have to do a podcast on just my essences, actually. Um, but it's, yeah, wow, scary, right? <laughs> I have to be in the truth-telling seat, um, which, which I am anyway. But, yeah, it would be an interesting one. But it's, it's really, it's allowing ourselves, I find when I don't, so bold is, is similar to unique, right? It's something. But let's just remember, like sexy, it's an internal feeling. And when you have that, mm. I'd be super interested to hear when you think about how do you embody that and think about how you've just decorated your house and mm. is it unique to you? Like what is unique in there? Because how what our essences are, when we take those into the decorations of our house as well, mm. um, we feel like we're surrounded in who we are. Now, it might be where you live, whatever it is, um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, if you look at the photo behind me, it's, it's a woman with two eagles. And I was automatically draw, drawn to that because that was, that's courageous and bold to me. Right. I, and it was just like, oh, yeah, it's got my essences. It's totally got, she's sexy as well. And she's got this grace to her, right, which are my three. So just, yeah, be aware of where yours show up for you. And that's so true, as I think about it, like the house, it does have pieces that are more masculine and more feminine. Like this, there is that balance of integrated. I've done like when moving in here, I decided rather than just buying artwork, I wanted to make my own. So I've, I've done two pieces so far. So that's the unique. And I love, you know, it's not so much about, oh, look at it. Look at how clever my artwork is. It's just that I love that I'm creating and contributing something to the house through my own essence. And now that you say that, and um, and the sass, there is there is some sass in some of the pieces, but it's um, it's a real blend of those things. And that I think my home, I found it easier to bring in more soft feminine things mm. than I I have in my wardrobe so far. My bedroom is really feminine. Um, yeah, so isn't that so interesting? Yeah, and just um, the only thing I'd say is think about that sass and mm. see if the sass needs a little bit more expression in your home. Because I, I could just, I was just, yeah, I was just seeing your body language when you were mm. talking about that. It was like, oh, hang on a minute. I love, you it's see. a little bit, but it's like not that much, yeah. Yeah, and especially in the bedroom. Sass is great in the bedroom as well. Um, but everywhere, actually, sass is just like that because it allows that different aspect of the feminine um, mm. within that because feminine can have that flow and especially if pieces come up in, in your values, um, that sass will still want because what I'll finish off by one of the things I notice is when we deny an essence, it shows up sometimes in a slightly destructive force somewhere in our life because it's looking for expression. What's so lovely is your artwork in that you've done yourself. And, and as you just said, I created that's what you want to take into your outfits mm. in your unique essence. Mm. How do I create this to make, and it's uniquely me. And it's not so everyone says, oh, wow, she's amazing at doing this. It's like, how do I feel that creation of the, my unique creation coming through that? 
Mm. Oh, I'm so excited to see. <laughs> I'm going to check in with you in a couple of weeks and go, what happened? And the sass in your home, that would be super interesting. Yeah. It's a really interesting thought. I will see. So more uniqueness in the wardrobe, more sass in the home. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Hi, you're super welcome. But thank you so much for being a guest and, and just, you know, chatting about how it is for you that's really beautiful and and really valuable and I think the more as women that we can just be really real about how we feel about these aspects in our life um the more we just get to normalize hey this is part of being human how do we really connect in with who we really are and take that out to the world so from from one woman to another I want to thank you on behalf of all of us and um, for everyone, anyone out there who wants to investigate Amanda further on what she does, because she honestly, I can say wholeheartedly, is amazing at what she does um, in really just, as I said, to start with bringing that heart and soul out in your business, in you, in your business and, and seeing business from such a, a, a broad view from internal and external amazing so we'll put your details down below anyway and um yeah thank you so much and thank you to all the listeners uh for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye bye <laughs> thanks for joining me want tips and insights between episodes follow me on instagram at wearing your worth and find out about further training and learn more at wearingyourworth.com.